This is Pastor Bill Woods, and I want to just say I hope that you have a very nice Independence Day. We call it July 4th, but July 4th is all over the world. Everybody has July 4th, but we are celebrating Independence Day of our nation. I want to remember the song, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and I want to ask the question, why should God shed his grace on America? Psalm 9:17 says the wicked will go to the grave this is the fate of all nations who ignore God Judges chapter 3 1 and 2 said these are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the wars of Canaan he did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle Judges 17:6 and 21:25 say in those days Israel had no king all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes you know no nation has ever been as blessed and successful as the United States of America has been God has blessed the United States because we were founded upon Bible principles our laws were based on God's laws found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy Early school textbooks were steeped in Christian catechism, scriptural quotes, and morality found in the Word of God. In 1960, Madeline Murray O'Hare challenged the rights of the Baltimore City public school system to prevent her son William from taking part in Bible readings in school. She didn't want him exposed to such futile nonsense. At first, nobody took her seriously. Everybody thought she was just a wacky old dame. She pursued her cause all the way to the Supreme Court, and in 1963, she won the case with a Supreme Court decision that banned prayers in the classroom. Scripture and God were kicked out of public schools. Madeline had ties to the Communist Party, and she attempted to defect to the Soviet Union when William was still a child. What's ironic, though, despite her efforts to shield William from God, he became a Christian and eventually a Baptist pastor. He serves as chairman of the Religious Freedom Coalition, a nonprofit in Washington, D.C., that fights for the rights of Christians in Islamic and communist countries. He founded a printing press to produce Bibles, or a printing company to produce Bibles in Russia shortly after communism collapsed in the old Soviet Union. I, I say this with tongue-in-cheek. His mom would be so proud. Not. He says he is trying to atone for his mother's successful efforts to get prayer banned from public schools. I remember when Madeline and her husband had a fight one time. The husband beat her up and broke her arm. A lot of pastors wanted to send him a thank-you note at that time. Since our nation evicted God from school and public forums, we've been on a downward spiral. Crime has increased, mostly not even prosecuted for a lot of the crime in California and Washington, D.C. and New York. Divorce has increased, sexual sins have increased, bringing moral adultery, fornication, gay lifestyles, same-sex marriages, sex changes, disease, unwanted pregnancies, and on and on. You know, people used to leave their doors unlocked and never worry about thieves breaking in. In fact, 
they could leave their keys in their cars and, and not be concerned that somebody was going to steal the car. Children could play outside and be perfectly safe. I remember as a child, I was often outside playing with the neighborhood kids, hide and seek, kick the can, those kind of things until it, it even got dark. Drivers could stop to help people on the road with little concern for their safety. I remember a few years ago the judge made a song that said, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. It goes, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Sometimes it feels like this world's gone crazy. Grandpa, take me back to yesterday when the line between right and wrong didn't seem so hazy. Did lovers really fall in love to stay and stand beside each other, come what may? Was a promise really something people kept, not just something they would say? Did families really bow their heads to pray? Did daddies really never go away? Oh, oh, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Grandpa, everything has changed fast. We call it progress, but I just don't know. And Grandpa, let's wander back into the past. Then paint me the picture of long ago. Did lovers really fall in love to stay and stand beside each other come what may? Was a promise really something people kept? And not just something they would say and then forget. Did families really bow their heads to pray? Did daddies really never go away? Oh, oh, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Oh, oh, Grandpa, tell me about those good old days. Did families really bow their heads to pray? Did daddies really never go away? What changed? Well, we divorced God from our nation and destroyed those good old days. Today we have shootings at schools and factories and post offices and courtrooms and churches and restaurants. And you know, they're trying to say, let's get rid of the guns. It's not the guns. It's demented people on the rampage. I know that sometimes we've seen drive-by shootings that were done just for the sport of it. We must worry about rapes and home invasions and arson and murder. And women are afraid to even go outside by themselves after dark. It's certainly not the same America I grew up in when people honored God and attended church and sin wasn't flaunted in or out of the closet. America was the greatest nation on earth, the envy of the world. Everyone pulled together for a common cause and enjoyed living decently. We were a great nation. Today we're confused about morals and decency. Today people are shacking up and they think it's just natural, you know, forget about marriage, just a piece of paper. Our younger generations don't appreciate or even know their heritage. We are being invaded by people with no understanding about our history or culture. And because we threw the Bible out, immigrants are bringing their religion in. We must let them practice their godless religions, but we better not tell them about Jesus. You know, in 2013, the Supreme Court ruled Section 3 of the DOMA, which was the Defense of Marriage Act, they, they said it was unconstitutional, clearing the way for gay marriage. It was ruled that denying recognition of same-sex marriages is a violation of the Due Process Clause of the Fifth Amendment. Many old-line denominations have liberalized and are insisting 
pastors and churches perform weddings for gay, for gay couples or get sued for discrimination. Some local congregations, especially those designated as welcoming churches in the American Baptist or Lutheran, Presbyterian, United Church of Christ, Methodist, Episcopal, Brethren Mennonite denominations may consist of majority of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender members. Pastors are blaspheming God rather than winning souls to Him. A woman pastor, Rachel Small Stokes, at the Emmanuel United Church of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky, wrote The Sparkle Creed, which focuses on LGBTQ inclusion and diversity. It is supposed to be the counter to the Apostles' Creed. It was recited by Pastor Anna Helgen from Edina Lutheran Community Church on Sunday, June 25, 2023. That was last week. The Sparkle Creed goes like this. I believe in a non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into rainbow or gorgeous diversity. I believe in love is love. So beloved, let us love. Now how inspirational is that? Talk about sheer blasphemy. Is it any wonder that God is not going to bless but is going to judge and punish America? There's a big push in society to legalize sin. We don't like being told no. The mood of the day is hedonism. If it feels good, do it. In many churches, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Pope Francis is saying that good atheists will be welcome into heaven. He and his cohorts are pushing hard for a one-world religion, which, if you remember, is what's supposed to happen before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. There's only one path to heaven, and his name is Jesus Christ. John 14:6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You can't leave God out of society and expect anything but crime and chaos. Just look at what's happened to Seattle and Portland, Oregon and Chicago and most major cities where the Black Lives Matter group has taken over. They want Marxism. Because we're afraid of offending someone's culture, religion or sexual orientation, uh, we've fallen into a trap of Judges 17.6 and 21.25 that says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. It did not work then. It will not work now. There will be a lot of confused people at God's judgment seat thinking they're going to get into heaven, waiting to enter heaven, and then told to go to hell because they never accepted Christ as their personal Savior. They just bought into the stuff that society is teaching today. You know, too many modern pastors are tickling ears rather than preaching the gospel truth. And people are following them on the broad road and wide gate right into an eternal hell. Unless America turns back to God, we have bought the farm. 
What a sad commentary when our Supreme Court judges can't, desert, can't discern right from wrong or immorality from morality and nine people can override the votes for common decency. The last judge appointed to the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, I think I pronounced that close. Anyhow, she can't even define what a woman is. At least they recently made one right decision. They outlawed abortion as a constitutional right. Now it is decided by individual states, not by the federal government. However, this has stirred violent demonstrations from people who put more value on convenience than on life. God warned in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, In the last days people will be deceived and will believe in a lie rather than truth. America has weakened because we've dismissed God and bought the big lie. By the way, the United States is not a democracy like so many of our democratic leaders would have you believe. We are a democratic republic. The key difference between a de democracy and a republic lies in the limits placed on government by the law, which has implications for minority rights. Both forms of government tend to use a representational system where citizens vote to elect politicians to represent their interests and, and their form of government. But in a republic, a constitution or charter of rights protects certain inalienable rights that cannot be taken away by the government, even if it has been elected by the majority of voters. In a democracy, the majority is not restrained and can impose its will on the minority. Most modern nations, including the United States, are democratic republics with a constitution which can only be amended by a popular, popular elected government. Uh, this con comparison therefore contrasts the form of government in most countries today with the theoretical construct of a pure democracy mainly to highlight the features of a republic. Simply put, the government can't arbitrarily just take away my amendment rights on a whim of political party. Thank God for that protection. History has proven a republic is always temporary in nature. It simply can't exist as a permanent form of government. A republic will continue to exist until voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From then on, the majority always votes for the candidate promising the most benefits from the public treasury. And the result is, every republic will finally collapse over loose fiscal policy, which is usually followed by dictatorship. The average age of the world's great civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. This year the United States celebrates 247 years. During those 200 years nations progress through the following sequences. They go from bodies to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to governmental dependence, from governmental dependency back to bondage, where are we today? I'm not sure we can turn this nation around now. We've ignored God far too long and we let every evil perversion into our society. 
Not only have we let God uh, uh, down on our God-given heritage and morals, but we've also compromised to the point that the average American thinks that God is a swear word or a word to punctuate their language. Another problem is our enemies want to destroy us. The Muslims attacked our nation on September 11, 2001, and we practically embraced them, calling them a, a religion of peace. Ill-informed people believe they serve the same God that Christians do. That is not so. Allah is not Jehovah. I warned of the Muslim threat back then. Let's, let's look at other signs of the end times. President George W. Bush, President Obama, and President Biden now have pursued a globalist agenda to create a North American Union, effectively erasing our borders with Mexico and Canada and letting anybody come in. The hidden agenda behind these administrations is to have open borders. Secretly, the Bush administration pursued a policy to expand NAFTA, or the North American Free Trading Agreement, which was established in 1994 under President Clinton. Our government tried to force us to be a world region, not a sovereign nation. United States has been the leading world power among nations. Since 2005, there's been a concerted effort to repeal or do away with U.S. sovereignty to the North American to the North American Union. A new economic and political entity formed, quietly formed, much like the European Union was formed. In March 2005, President George W. Bush, Mexican President President at that time Vincent Fox and Canadian Prime Minister Paul Martin committed their governments to a path of cooperation and joint action. The simple plan was to erase the borders from a North American region as part of one world order. That's what they wanted to become. That's why the borders aren't secured. That is why Trump pushed for building a wire, uh, I mean a wall, to once again restrict and, and tell us where the borders are. You know, we sing, America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Well, I want to say, don't count on it unless things change drastically. We've strayed too far and ingested too much anti-God garbage, and there aren't enough praying Christians that even care anymore. We've been like that frog placed in the cold water that when it was brought to a boil, just died. We didn't pay attention to what just was going on all around us while we still had time. Well, what then? Should we just give up and accept defeat? No, we should salvage our families to get as many other people as we can to turn back to God. You know, the, the, the promise in Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. The only hope for restoration of our land is to turn to God. We need more prayer. We need more Christian witness, more people to trust God and to... Uh, begin to get out and work busily for him to win people to him. 
God is a God of miracles. We can leave a swath of righteousness across this sinful and corrupt world in which we live if we will turn back to God. Ezekiel 22.13 says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness uh, that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. Are you a gap person? Are you one of the ones that God is looking for to stand in the gap? Benjamin Franklin spoke to the Second Continental Congress in 1775, and I know he did not claim to be a Christian, but he said, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in all the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it profitable or probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without this concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future generations. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments of human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and his and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to do business my goodness that doesn't sound like our national leaders who have allowed muslims and hindus and buddhists and shintos and every kind of god-defying religion to come together for that national day of prayer and repentance right after 9-11. The reason that that desired revival was so short-lived was because of God's first two commandments. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself carved images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. That national day of contrition and repentance, that prayer meeting held September 14th, 2001 in Washington uh, National Cathedral pleading for God's intercession was a farce. God would not share his power to heal a nation with all the other gods represented that day. People, we've got to turn back to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The religious leaders trying to lead a day of repentance were ecumenical and included every true and false religion that negated the desired success because God will not share his glory. 
Winston Churchill once said, if you'll not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you'll not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will not, when you will have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. There may be even worse case. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. Is that what we've allowed America to become today? God forgive us for not letting him continue to lead us in righteousness. America, America, why should God shed his grace on thee? Nice song, but totally fruitless unless we really turn back to God and serve him. You ask, well, what can I do about it? I don't have the influence to change things. Well, in the words of Edward Everett Hale, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. Do what you can. Pray for our nation to wake up. We need revival. Let it start with you. July 4th is really Independence Day. Let's declare our independence from sin and slavery to Satan and declare our freedom in Jesus Christ. Then we can say, America, America, God shed his grace on thee. Well, I want to tell you that I believe this is a good time for us to turn to God, repent of our sins, and ask Jesus once again to make our nation what it has been, what it should be. And I'm begging you to make sure you take God seriously and accept Christ as your personal Savior. Father, thank you for the America we've known in the past. We're frightened because of what's happened to our America today. I would pray, God, that we and all Christians would wake up and begin to pray and turn to you and take that promise that you said that if we did, you would heal our land. I would pray today for those who don't know you as their Savior, they would find you as their Lord and Savior. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you want to get in touch with me, I, I write me a letter at Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Call me on the telephone at 623-845-2741. You also can text me a message at that phone number. Or you can take a chance because I don't get all of my emails. But to email me at R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. God bless you. I hope you have a blessed fourth. If you want to come to First Baptist Church in Holbrook tomorrow, I'll be preaching the morning worship service. And then tomorrow night we will have a movie called Nation Adrift at 6 p.m. We're inviting you to come. God bless you.